I'm Jim Brown, your Bible teacher here at Grace and Truth Ministries. I am a teacher. I don't just get up and read verses and rant for about 45 minutes. I put the title of this message today on the board. The Feast of Saturn is still the Saturnalia. You've heard the old saying, a rose is still a rose by any other name. Well, the Feast of Saturn is still the Saturnalia under any other name like Christmas. Christmas is the Feast of Saturn. This is the second part of the Puritans outlawed Christmas 300 years ago in America, and you couldn't celebrate Christmas. I'm going to go through some more of the uh, book that tells us all about that. Uh, It's about the Inquisition that they had, and this is that's the truth they the Roman Catholic Church killed the conservative writers say from fifty to a hundred million people. The Roman Catholics say during the Inquisition all they killed was thirty thousand to three hundred thousand. Now I don't know what they think is small about torturing and killing three hundred thousand people. Three hundred thousand would be bad enough. But the best writers say it was between 50 and 100 million people that they killed. And they tortured them if they would not partake of the sacrament of the Mass. Let me give you the verse one more time on what the Mass in Roman Catholicism is. When you look up the Mass, it will say the Feast of Christ. It doesn't mean to sit down at a table and to eat with Christ. It means eating Christ it means eating the eating of the God now let's go back over here to to John the 6th chapter this is where this is where the Roman Catholics come up with the mass the mass is their eating of the literal body of Christ they raise the Eucharist Eucharist is the word Eucharistia E-U C-H-A-R-I-S-T-I-A. Eucharistia, it comes from E-U and charis. It means well, grace. Well, it's not. It's not well, grace. And it's actually the word thanksgiving. Thanks. Giving. We don't believe in any holidays, including Thanksgiving. All people do at Thanksgiving, they sit around a table and thank God for turkey and dressing and uh, the sauce they put on, the, put on it and give it gravy. That's all they thank God for. The Bible says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. When you get sick, you can be thankful for that. When you have a car wreck, you can be thankful for that. When you have a loved one who believes God dies and goes to heaven, you can be thankful for that. Now, over here, in we're going to talk some more about Fox's book of martyrs. I read some to you the last message. 
But I didn't even begin to cover it all. We're going to read about... The Fox's Book of Martyrs tells you about the Inquisition. I said the other day, I said, I said it was so bloody and so gory that most people can't read it. I had one lady tell me it's just too hard to read, to read those things that they did to people because they stripped the skin off their bodies. They put them in the fire. They burned them. They put them on a spit, hung their bodies like a pig, put a fire on them and just boiled them slowly. Now, that's how they were... They were killed because they would not partake of the sacrament of the Mass. Sacrament means sacred elements because they wouldn't take of the sacrament. Sacrament means sacred elements. Sometimes I don't know exactly where I'm going to go when I teach on this. I've got a thousand facts. I've got a million facts in my head that's wanting to come out. Sometimes I'll repeat what I've said so that you can know what this is all about. Now, here's where the Roman Catholics get this out of John, the sixth chapter. Let's read a little bit of this. John 6. In John 6... Jesus is talking to his apostles and he says, I am the bread of life. And he starts talking about that earlier in the chapter. He says that in verse 48. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven. That a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread. When the Bible says we being many are one bread and one body, we're the bread because Christ is in us. And we've eaten of Christ, but we don't eat his literal body in the mass. I'm the living bread which came down from heaven. And if any man eat this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh. Well, that's very, very significant. The bread, let me put it this way. I'm going to erase that title. Jesus equals the bread. I always put equals instead of is. That's mathematical. Is means equals. Is the bread from heaven. The bread is his flesh. Bread equals flesh of Christ. Equals flesh. Now, let me just stop here and hold your place there and go over Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10. And we'll look at something here. Hebrews, the 10th chapter. And he says in Hebrews 10, Hebrews 10, and he says, verse 19, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the Holy of Holies. The holiest was 
the in the temple. But the Bible says, Now know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Here's the veil. Here's the, the Ark of the Covenant. Here's the table of showbread. There's the altar of incense. Here's the seven candlesticks. And this is the brazen sea. This is Solomon's porch. And this is the altar, the brazen altar, all the sacrifices were offered. And then he says, Having therefore, brethren, to enter into the Holy of Holies once a year, the high priest would enter into the Holy of Holies with the blood of a goat that was offered on the altar. The other had two goats. One was a scapegoat that he drove out in the wilderness, wouldn't allow to come back. And he says, having therefore boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, not the blood of a goat anymore. You can see the goats in the 16th chapter of Leviticus. Leviticus 16, you can see the two goats. So Jesus is the substitutionary goat. Having, having therefore, brethren, to enter into the holy of holies, this is the holy of holies, once a year by the high priest. And the high priest now is Jesus, is a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. He's the one that enters into our hearts and sprinkles our hearts, as spoken of in this same chapter in verse 22. They sprinkle the Ark of the Covenant back then. Now our hearts are sprinkled. Having boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, hodos, there's two ways, a broad way that many go into and a narrow way that few find. You find that in Matthew 7, 7, 13, and 14. Only few find the narrow way. Narrow and the word tribulation are basically the same word. Narrow and tribulation. So the way into the holiest now, as the high priest comes in, that's Melchizedek or Jesus. It's an office. And he comes in and sprinkles our hearts. So we are the temple. And then he says... By a new and living, narrow way, I'll, I'll just put it that way, by a new and living way, which he hath been consecrated for us through the veil, this is the veil, that is to say, his flesh. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. If the bread is his flesh, then the flesh equals the veil. That's very abstract terminology. You have to look at it that way. Abstract. To the veil, that is to say, his flesh, having a high priest over the house of God, whose house are you and I, and this inner sanctuary was called the house of God because it came down out of the cloud, set on the Ark of the Covenant. Now he sets on our hearts. Now, Let's go back over here. So everywhere you can find the flesh equal to something. The flesh is the bread. We being many are one bread and one body. So the bread equals the body. Bread, 
That's in First Corinthians. First Corinthians ten. Sixteen and seventeen. Seventeen particular. We being many are one bread. So if we are the bread and one body, bread equals the body. Well then when you look at Colossians one and uh, one and eighteen and twenty four, the Bible says the body is the church the equals the body so all of these are equal to each other Jesus is the bread the bread is the flesh the flesh is the veil that's the entrance into the house of God which is us and the bread is the body and the body is the church these are all equal to the same thing that's an algebra axiom that you learn the first week you take algebra. Things equal to the same thing are equal to each other. That's the best way to study the Bible. You say, I didn't understand algebra. You can understand that. Things equal to the same thing are equal to each other. And if equals are substituted for equals, the results are equal. Wherever you find one thing that equals something else, you can substitute any of these things for it. But remember, the Roman Catholics say they have to eat the flesh of Christ. Well, what do they mean? Do you have to eat the bread, eat Jesus? Do you have to eat the veil? Do you have to eat the body? Do you have to eat the church? You could say that about every one of these, couldn't you? Because they're all equal. Now go back to John 6. John 6. I am the bread of life. The bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. And the Jews, therefore, strove among themselves, saying, Can this man give us his flesh to eat? We don't understand that. That's so tricky. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I said to you, Except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, Remember, drinking of a cup meant to undergo a death. To drink of a cup of blood was an idiom. Drink of cup. If you got the McClinic and Strong Encyclopedia, look up cup. It'll tell you to drink of a cup meant to drink of death. That's what it meant. Meant to drink death and to your life and except you eat my flesh and drink my blood or you have to drink of death whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life and I will raise him up at the last day well, the Roman Catholics took that verse and said what that means is you've got to, we've got to do some magical incantation to change that Eucharist into the body and blood of Christ. There's a Roman Catholic raising up the Eucharist, and he's going to say the words, Hoc est corpus eum fili. Hoc est corpus eum 
F-I-L-I. They say that when they do that, then Christ becomes present. They call it, this is the official Roman Catholic term. How do you know? I've got their catechism. I've got several of them. You can get a catechism of Roman Catholicism at any major bookstore. And I've got about three of them. And they will tell you in the in the catechism that the real presence takes place. Real presence takes place when they utter these words. That's crazy. It was against God's law to eat human flesh and drink human blood. But that was an ancient idiom of the Jews, to eat flesh and drink blood. You'll find that in Ezekiel 39. 39, you'll find it in Revelation 19. Come and eat flesh and drink blood to the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field, to carnivorous animals. When God comes back and destroys and kills millions of people, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those that know not God and that obey not the gospel. And they say the real presence is in that. They call that trans. Let me put it up on the board. Trans. Sub. Stancy, S-T-A-N-T-I-A-T-I-O-N. Transubstantiation, that's what they call that. Changing that cracker and grape juice into the literal body and blood of Christ. But the amazing thing, I don't know of anybody else, and I've never heard of anybody say what this is talking about. What's so miraculous, it's like adding 2 plus 2 is 4. Because the next verse, or the next two verses, Jesus tells you, He says, in verse 54, Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life. But I'm going to tell you what eat flesh and drink blood means. And I will raise him up at the last day. Then he says in verse 55, what eat flesh and drink blood means. For my flesh is meat indeed. Oh, let's put that up here. Flesh equals Indeed. That's what you're eating is indeed. Indeed is the word alathes, L-E-T-H-E-S. It is a form of the word alathea, L-E-T-H-E-I-A. Alathes means of truth. And alathea is truth. What you do is you eat truth. And when you eat truth, you're eating the flesh and drinking the blood of Christ. Truth is the word, comes from two things, lanthano, which means to hide or conceal. When you find a word that's got the alpha in front of it, and you look it up in a concordance, and it'll say, from one as a Negative, it'll just say neg part. Negative particle means it's uh, it's in the front of a word. It negates what the word means. To negate means to give an opposite meaning. Alanthano means not to hide anything. That's what I'm doing up here. 
I'm not hiding anything. I'm pulling the cover off. I'm revealing. Reveal. Reveal and truth have basically the same meaning. Reveal is the word apo. Calupto. It comes from apo, meaning removal. Of calupto. Which is the word cover. It means to remove the cover. That's more or less the same thing as aletheia, alandano, not to hide anything. Remove the cover. The word revelation is a form of revealed apocalypsis, A-P-O-K-A-L-U-P-S-I-S. But you've got to define the words in revelation because they all signify. To signify means to be a pointer. Signify. And you see the word sign and the word signify. The first verse of Revelation says God is giving you pointers to show you what this book means. It's all figurative language in the book of Revelation. Signify. Sign is the word semiao. In that first verse, to signify, and it means a pointer or a beacon or a sign. A sign. That would be the same thing as if you were out in a boat and you see this thing that looks like a lighthouse. That's what it is. And it's flashing a light out here. It means there's rocks down here. Don't come here. This is a rocky area. That's a beacon or a sign or a simeon. Now, I need to get on with the, with the Christmas thing. My flesh is meat indeed, my blood is drink indeed. So all of these, anything else you can find that is the bread, the flesh, the body of Christ, or the body, the church, the indeed, the, the truth. All of these are equal. You could substitute one for the other wherever you find it. If it equals a substitute for equals, the results are equal. Now, I need to tell you some things about the Mass. The Mass was the reason the Roman Catholic Church under Pope Sextus, Pope Sextus the Fourth, Pope Sixtus, S-I-X-T-U-S, the Fourth. He's the guy that started the Inquisitions. And it was, they have different, uh, they have different classes of priests. They're called orders, O-R-D-E-R-S. If you become a Catholic priest, you've got to go into an order. An order is an office. I'm going to race this. Of course, I'm going to want to write on the board some more. All right. You had the Dominican order, the Franciscan order. Francis of Assisi organized the Christian order, the so-called. Francis of Assisi was said to be a man of peace, but the Franciscans were killing people too. You had the Franciscans, you had the Dominicans. You had the Franciscans 
and you had the Jesuits, and you had many others. The Jesuits, the Jesuits, the Dominicans are the people that started the Inquisition through the orders of Pope Sixtus. And then the Jesuits were the hitmen. I used to have a paper that you had to sign in order to swear to be a Jesuit. You had to sign that you would defend the Catholic faith at any cost of your own life or the life of others, that you would kill whoever is necessary. I had that statement. It would have been printed out, and you could get it. I wanted to show you how deadly Roman Catholicism was. It was started by Constantine in 325 A.D. at the Nicene Council. He was having problems. Constantine didn't know what he was going to do because he was having problems with the Christians and uh, he's having problems with the Christians in the world. They were multiplying at a tremendous rate. And the people that was giving him a hard time were the Huns from the Far East, the Vandals, the Goths, the Ostrogoths. Their names are up here. The Burgundians, the Saxons. These were not ruled by the Roman Empire. Rome only ruled on the Mediterranean Sea area. They ruled. The beast comes out of Babylon, Persia, Greece, and Rome. It rose up out of this sea. So in order to bring peace in the church, Constantine issued the Edict of Toleration. You see, Jim, you've said that before. I don't think you can hear it enough. He issued the Edict of Toleration. Said, we will all get along. You can come in the church. You can run for office. You can be a heathen I'll be a Christian in this area. Of course, the Christians wouldn't come in the church. The true Christians wouldn't become a part of that. But the people that were afraid of the empire and afraid of these people, and they were apostate church, they moved in. The Feast of Saturn was something that came out of Rome. It was the worship of Saturn, the father of the gods at Rome, because his son was Mithra. And when you came to the winter solstice, December the 21st, the sun was at its lowest ebb, and that was the dimmest that the sun would be. So they thought they had to start worshiping the dark gods that had taken their crops away for the winter. And that had to do with the swastika. You've heard me teach on that. I want to, what I want to do is read some of the things to you about the Roman church. Everything they did was built on superstition. This is a book. All roads lead to Rome. You can't hardly get this anymore. I don't know where you could get one. It's the Ecumenical Movement by Michael D. Simlian. Let me write it on the board. This is a fantastic book. All roads. You might find some of them in uh, in uh, on the internet on Amazon. All roads lead to Rome. And then it's, it's called the Ecumenical Movement. The 
A C U M A N I C A L. Ecumenical movement. That means that's a word that means all all they want all religions to come together and be one religion. That can't happen. The Baptists can't believe what the Catholics believe. We can't believe what the Baptists or the Catholics believe. We believe in predestination. We believe Christmas and Easter are paganism. We can't get along with them, much less the Buddhists and the Hindus. But they've tried to put all this together. I believe that the world system will be headed up someone not unlike the Pope. The Pope's office is loved throughout all the world. The presidents love the Pope. All the denominations love the Pope. The Buddhist loves the Pope. He would be more likely to be the man of sin than most anybody else. And they just don't believe what we believe. This book, All Roads Lead to Rome, I'll read some excerpts from it for you. John Paul II, you remember him? He was the Pope back before the one before the last one that died. John Paul II, as has as his personal motto, totus tus, totally yours, but it applies to Mary, not Jesus. Indeed, at his enthronement, he proclaimed, All that I have is thine, my queen, my mother. After the attempt on his life in 1981, Time magazine reported under the heading, It's like shooting God that on his way to the hospital, he softly murmured, Madonna, Madonna in Polish. Madonna means Our Lady. Our Lady, the ruler. Mary has more honor in the Roman Catholic Church than Jesus or the Father. One year after the assassination attempt, he went to Marian Shrine of Fatima in Portugal. I'm going to read you something on Fatima. It's outrageous. To thank Mary for saving his life. More details of the part the Pope believes Our Lady of Fatima played in saving his life and will play in his future follow on when we look at the importance of Fatima later in this chapter. Now let me see here. I've got Our Lady of Fatima laid out here. I've got it right here. Let me read to you about what they believe about Our Lady of Fatima. Well, I had it marked. Oh, here it is. Here's what they said happened. When Fatima in 1917, they said the Virgin Mary appeared to these people. Listen to how ridiculous this sounds. They said 70,000 people saw this vision of Fatima. They've got a wild imagination. This was the sixth report appearance of Our Lady of Fatima. Mary is the Queen of Heaven in the Roman Catholic Church. Israel is indicted for worshiping the Queen of Heaven in Jeremiah 44, and they offered sacrificial wafers 
to the Queen of Heaven. That word wafer is the word kavon. Kavon means means a sacrificial wafer. And this was an unbloody sacrifice. Sacrificial wafer. The Bible says that they offered these cakes to God or to Queen of Heaven. Queen of Heaven was a term for Malita, Venus, Aphrodite. Aphrodite and Malita had the same characteristics so-called of Mary the Queen of Heaven. They Aphrodite means wrath subduer. It means Aphrodite could subdue the wrath of her son. And that Malita means female mediator or mediatrix. And it says that it, that the mediatrix could assuage or remove the wrath of her son. So when they brought these into the Roman Catholic Church, they attributed to Mary the same thing that you find in Aphrodite and in Mileta. They said Mary can assuage or remove the rage of Christ. Jesus doesn't have rage. The Father has that. And there's one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Let me read this about Fatima. Witnesses to what took place on that day were terrified at what they saw. 70,000 supposedly. If you can believe this, you can believe that I've got, uh, that I'm a Chinese astronaut. Okay. The sun at first appeared as a silver disk. That's why they put the sun. That's why I had, I had, uh, I had Jesse put this picture of, of, uh, St. Nicholas, who was a 4th century Roman Catholic bishop, and I had him put this picture on the board so you can look at it. It comes out of McClendick and Strong Encyclopedia in the end volume. Look up Nicholas, and it'll have St. Nicholas. St. Nicholas was a Roman Catholic bishop of the 4th century, and that's... He developed into Center Klaus in Holland and then come to America in the early 1900s and he's now he's Santa Claus. Santa Claus is St. Nicholas. And he's got the tonsure on his head. The tonsure was shaving the heads in a circle to depict the sun. The halo was the sun god. Anytime you see that in a picture, that's a Roman Catholic picture. Jesus doesn't have that. And you can see he's got his foot here upon the world and he had all the attributes of Christ. He was everywhere at one time. He was all omnipotent, all powerful, and he was omniscient, which means he had all knowledge. That's why he knows when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows when you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sake. They said that St. Nicholas gave gifts to children and some of the historians say they believe he was a pedophile because he did that. Now, 
Let me read some here in this. I'm reading about the miracle of Fatima. If you believe this, you're sick. <laughs> Listen to this. Witnesses that took place on the day were terrified at what they saw and hesitant and fearful in describing it afterwards. Yeah, it's because it didn't happen. Apparently, the sun at first appeared as a silver disk, and then suddenly a spectrum of multicolored light shot out in every direction, and the sun appeared to spin madly on its axis. Like a gigantic wheel of fire. Well, they had a wheel of fire. That was the swastika in the ancient world. They called it a wheel of fire. In the Scandinavian countries, they would set the wheel of fire on fire, roll it down a hill, and if it got to a certain point, they'd say they have good crops in the spring. Splashing its hues of red, yellow, and blue, and green on the rocks and trees and upturned faces of the astonished pilgrims, three times it stopped, (laughs) and then it resumed its mad dance. The sun is dancing madly. Then as the crowd cringed in abject terror, the sun suddenly seemed to be torn loose from the firmament. Down, 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 it plunged, zigzagging dizzily through the sky. If the sun moved one degree out of its position, we'd all burn to a crisp. It's crazy. They didn't have any scientists there that day. Wails of, it's the end of the world, and dear lady, save us. Arose from the terrified multitude. Then, as suddenly as it had begun, the sun stopped its gyrations and returned to its post in the sky. It came down here close to the earth. And that was Our Lady of Fatima. You got Our Lady of Magigori. You got Our Lady of... uh, the one in Mexico, I can't remember her name. Guadalupe? Guadalupe, yeah. And they all have the sunburst behind them. They have the sun. When I say sunburst, that's what a halo is. Around the Lady of Magigori, she's got the sunburst behind her body, like that. The halo is actually the sun. That's a Roman Catholic picture. Let me read the rest of this. As the trembling crowd recovered from its fright, cries of astonishment arose. Their garments, which had been soaked and mud-covered from the pelting rain that they had endured for the miracle, were miraculously dry. They just dried. you got to be really a sucker to believe Catholicism and this lady stuff. During the spectacle, Mary is said to have appeared, holding a rosary and a scapula. A scapula is a material thing they wear around there. They, most Catholics will wear a scapula and never take it off. Identified herself as Our Lady of the Rosary. You believe that? Asking that the rosary be prayed every day. Uh... Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and the hour of death. Holy Mary, all the Holy Marys and our fathers, and you have to save so many for the sins you commit. In July, she had given the church her directive 
for a world devotion and for the consecration of Russia to her immaculate heart. When you see the bleeding heart, that's Roman Catholic. She is also quoted as saying that many, many souls are going to hell. That's the only thing she got right. (laughs) Our Lady of Fatima, he is convinced, this is one of the priests, he is convinced that he will be called in the 1990s. This is Pope John II. In the 90s, this is what he said, that he's convinced Pope John Paul II believes that a special destiny directed by Our Lady of Fatima. He's convinced that he will be called in the 1990s to be a moral and spiritual leader of the world government. We didn't have one in the 90s. He got that wrong, didn't he? He is also sure that Our Lady of Fatima, who spared his life from the assassination attempt on 13th May 1981, it was as he bent over to inspect an Our Lady of Fatima medal worn by a little girl on the anniversary of the first Fatima appearance that two shots particularly, specially aimed at his head passed over him. He's saying, Our Lady of Fatima made him bow down and bow over. Lordy me. I can't read all this to you. They believe in the infallibility of the Roman Pontiff, which is the Pope. I've got so much I could read to you. But I just think it's so ridiculous. Christmas 1990 demonstrated the trend towards Roman Catholic Church services on TV. Four out of seven programs relating to Christianity from the 24th to the 26th of December were filmed in the Roman Catholic churches and dealt with Roman Catholicism. There's so much more here. I like this. This is in chapter 16. The first line says, The Roman church is frequently described in Protestant literature as a lamb in adversity, a fox wherein, when in equality, and a tiger when in ascendancy. When it ascends, they try to act real humble when they're down on the bottom, when they get to the top. They turn into a roaring tiger. That'll be enough on that. Now, that's all roads lead to Rome. Great book on Catholicism. I've also got this one. It's called Smoke Screens. You can order this from Jack Chick Publishers in Ontario, California. I don't know if you can find one. All roads lead to Rome. I wouldn't take for that one. Smoke screens is showing the smoke screens that Catholicism has brought over America. It's got so much in here. I can't read you all of it. It's it shows how they tortured, how they how Hitler backed Roman Catholicism, and Roman Catholics backed Hitler during World War Two. The Pope. Pope Pius Twelfth. I was a little kid when he was the Pope. He was considered one of the most dangerous men in the world. The only reason he wasn't executed is they said because he was with the Nazis was because 
it would have caused too much of a rift throughout the world. And they would have had more problems they could have dealt with. So they let him off, just like they let Werner von Braun off, who had built Hitler's rockets and his and his uh, jet planes. And Hitler was way ahead of America in technology because of people like Werner von Braun. If we'd have done to Werner von Braun what we did to the other war criminals, they would have executed him at Nuremberg. But they didn't. They moved him over here and put him in charge of our program, our space program. And that that converted priest that I heard speak in Denver, he said he worked on the Atlas Missile Program with Werner von Braun. There's so much stuff going on in the world, it's crazy. There is, I don't know if I need to read all this. The three defenders of the Roman Catholic faith were Hitler, Mussolini, and Franco of Spain, and they were butchers. They were killing millions of people. All three had concordance with the Vatican. The Pope despised the Russian Orthodox members. They were called Serbians, and they were marked for death in Yugoslavia. They were given one choice to convert to Catholicism or die. That's the way it was in all of those inquisitions. They'd go into a village. Let me tell you something. In the late 1950s, about 57 or 58, there was a movie come out with Vincent Price. It said nothing about Catholics. But if you knew anything about Inquisitions, it painted a picture of that. It was called The Conqueror Worm. Does anybody remember that? It was about going into a village, torturing people that would not recant, except they called them witches and heretics. That's what the Puritans were called, heretics. You had... You had many types of Puritans. Every Puritan didn't believe alike, but most of them believed that Christmas was pagan, Easter was pagan, and they didn't want to participate in it. When they came to America, they came because they were slaughtered and butchered for five to six hundred years by the Roman Catholic Church in these inquisitions. They'd come into a village, they'd tell a man and his family, if you will recant, that means to go against your Protestant beliefs, your belief in predestination, your belief against the Catholic Church. If you recant, we'll let you keep your property. You have to come to Mass and you have to adhere to Roman Catholic beliefs. You cannot you cannot complain against it or talk to anybody about it. They would kill you just for that. I'm, I'm going to read some more out of the Fox's Book of Martyrs. Fox's Book of Martyrs, I hadn't read all of it. I can't read all of it. And it's talking about, in this section, about a family that was killed by, they were tortured and killed by the Roman Catholic Church. A nobleman and a clergyman who resided in a Protestant village, hearing of the repro- the approach of the high court of reformers and troops fled from the place and secreted themselves. The soldiers, however, on their arrival, seized upon the schoolmaster, 
This is a Christian man, and these are soldiers of the Rome, Roman Catholic Church. I said it last time. The Pope had an army, and they were called the Swiss Guards. You can see them at the Midnight Mass on Christmas Eve. They're those guys with real puffy with real puffy pants on on top and they're real slim on the bottom. They're called the Swiss Guards. They were highly trained killers in the ancient world and they would attack people and attack other countries demanding they become Roman Catholics. So this is talking about the Pope's army. The soldiers, however, on their arrival seized upon the schoolmaster asked him where the Lord of that place and the minister were concealed and where they had hidden their treasures. The schoolmaster replied that he could not either answer either of the questions. Then they stripped him naked, bound him with cords, and beat him most unmercifully with cudgels. A cudgel is a stick. It's like a club. This cruelty, not exhorting any confession from him, they scorched him in various parts of his body when to gain a respite from his torments he promised to show them where the treasures were hid the soldiers gave ear to this with pleasure and the schoolmaster led them to a ditch full of stones saying beneath these stones are the treasures you seek for eager after money they went to work and soon removed those stones, but not finding what they sought after, they beat the schoolmaster to death, buried him in a ditch, and covered him with the very stones he had made them remove. Some of the soldiers ravished the daughters of a worthy Protestant before his face, and then tortured him to death. A minister and his wife they tied back to back and burnt. The burning started slowly. They put them on a stake. They'd tie most of them to the stake. Some of the men who knew they were going to be killed, and they were very strong, faithfully, they'd say, you don't have to tie me, I'll stand here till I die. And they would boil them, bake them, until they'd, the blood would be dripping and all kinds of juices from the body, and their skins would be swelling up. Another minister they hung upon a cross beam, and making a fire unto him, brawled him to death. A gentleman they hacked into small pieces, and they filled a young man's mouth with gunpowder. Setting fire to it, they blew his head to pieces. This is what they did when you wouldn't partake of the sacrament of the Mass. This is what was wrong with the Mass. This is why the Puritans outlawed it. As their principal rage was directed against the clergy, they took the pious Protestant minister, tormenting him daily for a month together, in the following manner, making their cruelty regular, systematic, and progressive. They placed him amidst them, made him the subject of their derision and mockery during the whole day's entertainment, trying to exhaust his patience. But in vain, for he bore the whole true Christian fortitude. He did it and said, I'll sit here and die. I will never cry out. They spit in his face, pulled his nose, 
pinched him in all parts of his body. When they say pinched, they're talking about metal pinchers. Taking big hunks out of him. They made him run gauntlet between two ranks of them, each striking him with a twig or a branch. He was beat with their fist. He was beat with ropes. They scourged him with wires. He was beat with cudgels. They tied him up by his heels with his head downwards until the blood started out of his nose and mouth. All because he wouldn't partake of the sacrament of the mass. They hung him by the right arm until he was dislocated and then had it set again. The same was repeated with his left arm. Then they reset it so they could do it again. Burning parts, papers dipped in oil were placed between his fingers and toes. His flesh was torn with hot, red-hot pinchers. He was put to the rack. That's where they would stretch their body out and pull it real tight. They pulled off the nails of his right hand. The same repeated with his left hand. I want to remind you, this is because they wouldn't partake of the sacrament of the Mass, the Christ Mass. He was bastinadoed. A bastinado was a club. On his feet, a slit was made in his right ear, then a slit was made in his left ear. His nose was slit. They whipped him through the town pulled off the toenails of his right and left foot. He was tied up by loins, that's by his genitalia, and suspended for a considerable time. The teeth of his upper jaw and lower jaw were pulled out. They didn't have any Novocaine either. They just put pliers there and yanked them out. Boiling lead was poured upon his fingers. The same was repeated with his toes. A knotted cord was twisted about his forehead in such a manner as to force his eyes out. During the whole of the hard cruelties, particular care was taken that his wounds should not mortify and not to injure him mortally until the last day when forcing out of his eyes proved his death. This is what they did if you didn't partake of the sacrament of the Mass, the Christ Mass. The executioner put his noble man to considerable pain by making several strokes before he severed his head from his body. Sir Gaspar Coplitz was 86 years of age when he came to the place of execution. Why are you going to kill a 86-year-old man? Exactly. What's the use? Because he would not partake of the sacrament of the Mass. Behold a miserable ancient man who hath often entreated God to take him out of this wicked world, but could not until now obtain his desire. This is his desire at 86, is to die. And they're going to assist him in that, but they're going to do it because they say he's a heretic. For God reserved me until three years to be spectacle to the world. That's what Paul said. He said we're a spectacle to the world. We are, we are to be looked upon as something to be detested. A sacrifice to himself. Therefore God's will be done. 
one of the officers told him in consideration of his great age if he would only ask a pardon all you have to do is ask a pardon to the Roman Catholic people he would immediately receive it ask pardon exclaimed he I will ask pardon of God whom I have frequently offended but not of the Catholic emperor not that to whom I never gave any offense I've never offended this emperor I won't ask him for any pardon he cheerfully resigned his neck to the block and they cut it off and he died now Christopher Cober C-H-O-B-E-R as soon as he stepped upon the scaffold said I come in the name of God to die for his glory could you do that? I have fought the good fight and finished my course so executioner do your office the executioner obeyed and he instantly received the crown of martyrdom no person ever lived more respected or died more lamented than John Schultes the only words he spoke before receiving the fatal stroke were the righteous seem to die in the eyes of fools but they only go to rest Lord Jesus thou hast promised that those who come to thee will not be cast off behold I am come this is his last words look on me pity me pardon my sins and receive my soul Maximilian Hostielik was famed for his learning, piety. Piety means righteousness and humanity. When he came to the scaffold, he seemed exceedingly terrified at the reproach of death. The officers taking notice of his agitation, Hostielik said, Ah, sir, now the sins of my youth crowd upon my mind. But I hope God will enlighten me lest I sleep the sleep of death and lest mine enemies say, We have prevailed. Soon after he said, I hope my repentance is sincere and will be accepted, in which case the blood of Christ will wash me from my crimes. He then told the officer he should repeat the song of Simon at the conclusion of which the executioner might do his duty. He accordingly said, Lord, now let us, thou thy servant, depart in peace from these people. According to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation, at which words his head was struck off with one blow. What a man i got some more here. The town of Hoxter, H-O-X-T-E-R, was taken by the Popish army. I told you about the Pope's army. And all the inhabitants as well as the garrison were put to the sword. The houses even were set on fire, the bodies being consumed in the flames. 
Are you willing to do that? It may come to that in America. At Grippenburg, when the imperial forces, imperial was the Pope's army, the Swiss Guard. The imperial forces prevailed. They shut up the senators in the Senate chamber, surrounding it by lighted straw, suffocated them. The cruelties used by the imperial troops, but by the Pope's guard, under Count Tilly in Saxony, are thus enumerated. Half-strangling, recovering the persons again repeatedly, not killing them all of a sudden, but half-strangling then so they can strangle them again later. Rolling sharp wheels over fingers and toes, pinching the thumbs in a vice, forcing the most filthy things down the throat of these believing godless martyrs, God, godlike martyrs, by which many were choked, tying cords around the head so tightly that the blood gushed out of their eye, nose, ears, and mouth. This is why the Puritans outlawed Christmas, this is what they did to them. The Waldenses, the Huguenots, the Albigenses, the Cathars, those were families. And it talks about the Cathar, the Waldenses and the Cathars in this book. Fastening burning matches to fingers, toes, ears, arms, legs, and even the tongue, putting powder in the mouth and setting fire to it, by which the head was blown to pieces tying bags of powder to all parts of the body by which the person was blown up, drawing cords backward and forwards to the fleshly parts, making incisions with bodkins, that's sharp instruments, knives in the skin. They wouldn't just slightly cut them, cutting them down to the bone. Running wires through the nose, ears, lips, hanging Protestants up by the legs with their heads over a fire so they would cook slowly and boil and their skin would swell up and fall. Hanging Protestants up by the legs with their heads over a fire which they were smoke-dried. They started alive. They just smoke-dried them over a fire. Hanging up by one arm until it dislocated hanging up on hooks by the ribs, forcing people to drink until they burst, baking many in hot ovens, fixing weights to the feet and drawing up several with pulleys, hanging, stifling, roasting, stabbing, frying, racking, ravishing. Ravishing means sexually. Can you imagine how a woman felt when she's being ravished? The Bible says that when that when the Persians, this is in Isaiah the 13th chapter, when the Persians came down and invaded Babylon, they ravished the women. The word means raped. Breaking the bones, rasping off the flesh, tearing with wild horses, they would take a man tie his feet, tie his foot to this rope, tie this left arm to a rope, 
hook it up to a horse, do the same to his right side, and pull him to pieces. This is what the Mass was about. They were going to make you a heretic. You were going to kill you. That's what they believed in. Tearing with wild horses, drowning, strangling, burning, boiling, brawling, crucifying, immering, poisoning, cutting off tongues, noses, ears, sawing off limbs, hacking to pieces, and drawing by the heels through the streets. Stick a man, put a man, put a put a metal or rope or something through that part of the heel and then start him behind a horse and drag him through the, through the streets. In Pomerania, some of the imperial troops entering a small town seized upon all the young women and girls of upwards of ten years old, and then placing their parents in a circle, they ordered them to sing psalms while they ravished and raped their children. Or else they swore they would cut them to pieces afterwards if you don't watch. They then took all the married women who had young children, threatened, and if they did not consent to the gratification of their lust sexually to burn their children before their faces in a large fire. These, the Catholic Church was cruel. They employed cruel people. They hired local, local thugs to come in and do a lot of their work for them if they didn't have enough of the Pope's guard. A band of Count Tilly's soldiers meeting a company of merchants belonging to Basil who were, these are, these are town names of towns like Basil, who were returning from the great market of Strasbourg, attempted to surround them. All escaped, however, but ten, leaving their properties behind. The ten who were taken begged hard for their lives, but the soldiers murdered them, saying, You must die because you are heretics. That's what you were if you were a Protestant, believing predestination and believing against the Catholic Church. This is in chapter 9. The light of the gospel having successfully spread over the Netherlands, which is Holland, the Pope instigated the Emperor to commence a persecution against the Protestants in Holland. When many thousand fell martyrs to superstitious malice and barbarous bigotry, among whom the most remarkable were the following. It goes into it. Talk about Wendell Lanuda, a pious Protestant widow. When she was admitted to the dungeon, she did her utmost to perform the task she had undertaken. But finding her endeavors ineffectual, she said, Dear Wendelletta, if you will not embrace our faith, the Roman Catholic, at least keep the things which you profess secret 
Jesus said that which is hid in secret will be made known openly. He tells us to go out to publicly with boldness to preach the truth. To which the widow replied, Madam, you know not what you say. For with the heart we believe righteousness, but with the tongue confession is made in salvation. Now she positively refused to recant. They were confiscated and she was condemned to be burnt. This is a godly woman. At the place of execution, a monk held a cross to her. It wasn't a cross, it was a crucifix with Christ being crucified on it. See, a crucifix has Christ still on the cross. You can't have a cross with a crucifix of Christ on it. That's Roman Catholic. And bade her kiss and worship God, to which she answered, I worship no wooden God. Would you be able to say this? But the eternal God who is in heaven. She was then executed, but through the before-mentioned Roman Catholic lady, the favor was granted that she would be strangled before fire was put to the faggots. Two Protestant clergymen were Bernard Colin, a tradesman of Antwerp named Nicholas, was tied up in a sack, thrown into the river, and drowned. And the Pistorius, a learned student, was carried to the market of Dutch village in a fool's coat and committed to the flames. Sixteen Protestants, having received sentence to be beheaded, a Protestant minister was ordered to attend the execution. Now listen to what happens to the minister. This gentleman performed the function of his office with great propriety, exhorted them to repentance, the ones that's going to be burned, and gave them comfort in the mercies of their Redeemer. As soon as the sixteen were beheaded, the magistrate cried out to the executioner, There's another stroke remaining yet. You must behead the minister that you called in. He hadn't done nothing. He can never die at a better time than with such excellent precepts in his mouth and such laudable examples before him. He was accordingly beheaded. George Scherter, a minister of Salzburg, on his way to a place of execution, he said to the spectators, that you may know I die a true Christian, I will give you a sign. This was indeed verified in most singular manner. For after his head was cut off, the body lying a short space of time with the belly to the ground, it suddenly turned upon the back where the right foot crossed the left, as did also the right arm over the left. In this manner it remained until it was committed to the flames. Justice in Spark was beheaded for having Luther's sermons in his possession. Martin Luther believed predestination. He said that free will was a downright lie in his book. What's his book's name? Bondage of the Will. Bondage of the Will. Great book, Bondage of the Will. 
Giles Tillman, a cutler of Brussels with a man of great humanity and piety, very righteous man. Among others, he was apprehended as a Protestant and many endeavors were made by monks to persuade him to recant and to partake of the Mass. He had once, by accident, a fair opportunity of escaping from the prison and being asked why he did not avail himself of it, he replied, I would not do the keepers so much injury as they must have answered for my absence. I would not escape the prison if I could because those jailers would have to answer and they'd kill them. And I have not gone away. And when he was sentenced to be burnt, he fervently thanked God for granting him an opportunity to die for him. I hope these things will touch you. This is how people had to die for their beliefs during these inquisitions. The Roman Catholic Church is a cruel system. Not only does it have a wild, vivid imagination, it imagines that true godly believers are heretics. Bishop Hooper was degraded and condemned, and Reverend Mr. Rogers was treated in like manner. At dark, Dr. Hooper was led through the city to Newgate, that's a place in the town, and notwithstanding his secrecy, many people came forth to their doors with lights and saluted him, praising God for his constancy. This is for not partaking of the sacrament of the Mass. And you want to lift up the Mass and say, well, Christmas is okay, Christ's Mass is okay, as long as you do it for Jesus. You're doing it for the wrong Jesus. He said, don't keep the ordinances or the customs of the heathen. If you do, you're going to be found to be a liar. On February 7th, Hooper came to Gloucester about 5 o'clock and lodged at one Ingram's house. After his first sleep, he continued in prayer until morning. Sir Anthony Kingston, at one time Dr. Hooper's good friend, was appointed by the Queen's letters to attend his execution. His good friend, we want to see you. We want you to come and watch him be killed. As soon as he saw the bishop, he burst into tears. This is, this was Anthony Kingston burst into tears. With tender entreaties, he exhorted him to live. True it is, said the bishop, that death is bitter and life is sweet. But alas, consider that the death to come is more bitter and life to come is more sweet. The same day, a blind boy obtained leave to be brought to Dr. Hooper's present. This is the guy they're going to execute. They're going to burn him. The same boy, not long before, had suffered imprisonment at Gloucester for confessing truth, simply for saying the truth, what we're doing here. Ah, poor boy, said the bishop, though God hath taken from thee thy outward sight, he's blind, and what reason he best knoweth, yet he hath endued thy soul with the eye of knowledge 
and of faith. That was Dr. Hooper saying this to the blind boy. God give thee grave grace continually to pray unto him that thou lose not your true sight. The mayor waited upon him preparatory to his execution. He expressed his perfect obedience, only requested that a quick fire be made, terminate his torments. After he had got up in the morning, he desired that no man should be suffered to come into the chamber. About 8 o'clock on February the 9th, 1555, doesn't seem that long ago, he was led forth and many thousand persons were collected as it was market day and all the way being straightly charged not to speak, beholding the people who mourned bitterly for him. He would sometimes lift his eyes towards heaven and look very cheerfully upon such as he knew and he was never known during the time of his being among them to look with so cheerful and ruddy a countenance as he did at this time he was cheerful he's going to his death when he came to the place appointed where he should die he smilingly beheld the stake and preparation made for him which was near unto the great elm tree over against the college priest where he used to preach. Now after he had entered into prayer, a box was brought and laid before him upon a stool with his pardon from the queen, if he would turn. At the sight, of course, the king and the queen were Roman Catholic. All of Italy is Roman Catholic. All of Spain is Roman Catholic. That's just like Louisiana is Roman Catholic. Mexico. Most of South America is Roman Catholic. Yeah, Mexico. Huh? They're all, they're all Catholic. It's all Catholic. And at the sight wherever he cried, If you love my soul, get that away from me. Talking about the cross with the crucifix. The box being taken away, Lord Shandoz said, Seeing there is no remedy, dispatch him quickly, kill him. For being a godly, righteous man. Command was now given that the fire should be kindled. This is very interesting. But because they were more green faggots, the faggots were the burning, were the burning, the limbs around the bottom of the stake surrounding that's probably where the homosexuals get their name faggot they're burning and their loins for another man then two horses could carry it kindled not speedily the guy was sitting there roasting slowly and was pretty while also before it took the reeds upon the faggots. At length it burned about him, but the wind having full strength at that place, being a lowering cold morning, it blew the flame from him, so that he was in a manner little more than touched by the fire. Within a space after, a few dry faggots were brought, and a new fire kindled with faggots. 
for there is no more reeds. And these burned at the nether parts, but had small powder above because of the wind, saving that it burnt his hair and scorched his skin a little. In the time of which fire, even as at the first flame, he prayed, saying loudly, and not very loud, but as one without pain, O Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me and receive my soul. After the second fire was spent, he wiped both eyes with his hands, and beholding the people, he said with an indifferent loud voice, For God's love, good people, let me have more fire. If you're going to kill me, do it. I've told you all about that in some of my messages. The third fire was kindled within a while after. Can you imagine being tied to that stake? One fire after another being kindled, which was more extreme than the other two. In this fire he prayed with a loud voice, Lord Jesus, have mercy on me. Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. These were the last words he was heard to utter. But when he was black in the mouth and his tongue was swollen, he could not speak, yet his lips went until they were shrunk to the gums. And he knocked his breath with his hands until one of his arms fell off. This is suffering for Christ. And then knocked still with and knocked still with the other, while the fat, water, and blood dropped at his fingers' ends. This was the fat in his body dripping down while he was being broiled. Until by renewing the fire his strength was gone, and his hand clave fast in knocking the iron upon his breast. Then immediately bowing forwards, he yielded up the spirit and died, and died. Thus was he, why do I hate Christmas? This is why. The Catholic Church will kill us. It's like they're a tiger when they're on top. They may be a fox in ascending. They may be a lamb in equality. But they are what they are. Thus was he three quarters of an hour more and more in the fire. He was 45 minutes in the fire at least. Even as a lamb patiently abode the extremity thereof, neither moving forwards, backwards, nor to any side. But he died as quietly as a child in bed. And he now reigneth, I doubt not, as a blessed martyr in the joys of heaven prepared for the faithful in Christ before the foundation of the world. I like that. There's so much in here. I would like to read all of it. I don't know that I can. Rollins White, Rollins White was by his calling 
and occupation of fishermen living and continuing in the said trade for the space of 20 years at least in the town of Cardiff. I've heard of Cardiff. Where he bore a very good name amongst his neighbors. Though the good man was altogether unlearned and withal very simple, yet it pleased God to remove him from error and idolatry and to a knowledge of the truth. You don't have to be real smart to understand truth. All you have to have is a hearing ear. When the Bible says Proverbs 20 and 12, the hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord has made both of them. Anytime you find hear or hearing in the Hebrew, it is the word shama. It is the exact same word as obey. In Hebrew, hear and obey are the same word. If you hear, you obey. In Greek, they're basically the same word. Hoop. A-K-O-U-O. Akuo is the word here. A-K-O-U-O. Obey is hoop akuo. Hoop means, hoopo means under. It means to be here under or be subordinate to God. That's what it means. So if you hear, you obey. He that has an ear to hear, let him hear. That's an imperative command in the Greek. And if God has given you an ear and you're a believer, he's not asking you to obey. He's commanding you to obey him. And it might take him 30 or 40 years to get you complete obedience, but he'll get it. Though this good man, Rawlins White, was altogether unlearned, it pleased God to give him knowledge of the truth. To the blessed Reformation, the Reformation was where that Luther and Zwingli and Huss all pulled out of the Catholic Church. They couldn't handle their their beliefs. Luther believed in predestination, the sovereignty of God. He had his son, this is Rawlins Miller, he had his son to read English, and after the little boy could read pretty well, his father, even every night after supper, summer, winter, and winter, made his boy read a portion of Holy Scripture, and now and then a part of some other good book. When he had continued, when this Rollins White had continued in his profession, for the space of five years, King Edward died upon whose decease Queen Mary, Bloody Mary, she was a Roman Catholic, succeeded and officers of the town, as a man suspected of heresy, brought before the Bishop Landolf, committed to prison in Chepstow at last removed to the castle of Cardiff. This is Rollins' wife they put in jail. Just a simple fisherman. Where he continued for where he continued for the space of a whole year being brought before the bishop in his chapel he counseled him by threats and promises but as Rollins would in no wise recant his opinions The bishop told him plainly that he must proceed against him by law and condemn him as a heretic. Uh, Am I running out of time, Mike? Let me give you this man's ending. 
this Rollins wife. The bishop tried what was what's after this the bishop tried what saying mass would do, but Rollins called all the people in to the witness that he did not bow down to the host, the host being the cookie, the cracker. Until and mass being ended. When all things were ready, directly over against the state, in the face of Rollins White, there was a stand erected whereupon stepped up a prior addressing himself to the people. But as he spoke of Romish doctrines of the sacraments of the Mass, Rollins cried out, Ah! Thou wicked hypocrite to this high bishop. Dost thou presume to prove thy false doctrines by scripture? Look in the text that follows. Did not Christ say, do this in remembrance of me? It's talking about dying. At last the extremity, he was then some that stood by cried out, Put fire, put fire! Which being done, the straw and reeds cast up a great and sudden flame. This is just an innocent guy. An everyday fisherman. Just a man to go to work, reading his Bible, believing the truth. Which being done, the straw and reeds cast up a great and sudden flame. And which flame this good man bathed his hands so long until such time as the sinews shrank, the fat dropped away, saving that once he did, as it were, wipe his face with one of them. All of this while, which was somewhat long, he cried with a loud voice, O Lord, receive my spirit, until he could not open his mouth. At last, the extremity of the fire was so vehement against his legs that they were consumed almost before the rest of his body was hurt, which made the whole body fall over the change into the fire sooner than it would have done. Thus died this good old man. For his testimony of God's truth and is now rewarded, no doubt, with the crown of eternal life. Just a good, godly man. Mr. Sherburn interrogated upon his belief of the sacrament of the altar. Mr. Marsh answered like a true Protestant that the essence of the bread and wine was not at all changed. They're saying the bread changed into the literal body of Christ. That's all I can read today. Maybe I'll read you some more. I hate the Mass. I hate the Christ Mass. America is blind. They're deaf. They can't see and they can't hear the truth. They're very... They're very stupid. They're ba'ar. That is the word brutus in the Old Testament. A man that will not repent... He is brutish. It means to have the understanding of a brute beast who cannot learn. It's like having some wild animal and trying to tame it. I, I did some reading on 
African animals and and the big uh, the big buffalo the has the big horns about this big curl around. You couldn't take one and raise it and make it tame. They're one of the most dangerous animals. I mean, there's been lions that try to take hold and they run them through with those horns. They weigh about 2,000 pounds. It's called a cape buffalo. You couldn't tame a cape buffalo. They'll kill you if you take them into your house. If you take them into with your other cattle, they'd kill the other cattle. And then if you went out there and tried to do something, they'd kill you. That's brutish. You can't teach them like you can a domesticated dog or cat. That's what people are. They're just stupid. Brutish. They're allogos. That is the word brutish in the New Testament. It comes from the Alpha and Logos. It means no word of God. They don't have any word of God written in their heart. Am I, I'm out of time, it looks like. I'm going to read some more of this. I know that people won't read it, so i read it to you. I know most people won't buy the book. This is, appears to be the only way some of these things can be imparted to you. I know most of you work. Some of you are older, you don't feel like it. I've read I've read a lot in my life. I'm going to read things to you out of these books. I believe this is very important that you know what the Roman Catholic Church did to the Puritans when there were these families in Europe. They murdered them. They slaughtered them. They peeled their skin off. They brawled them in fires. Can you imagine being brawled, cooked slowly, till your skin starts popping out and bubbles start coming out and you're just alive in the fire until you die of shock I hate Roman Catholicism and I hate the Christ Mass Christmas I don't understand why some preachers will use the word Christmas don't use the word John MacArthur the word is Christ Mass it's what they did to people if you want to keep a season go to some other month of the year and don't put the put the holly and greenery around that that was in Scandinavian countries that did that because they said those were magical trees because they could live through sub-zero weather don't put that up don't use December the 25th don't say Christmas Christ Mass I can't get over preachers but what it is, America's been brainwashed. And they say, this is a good time of the year. I'm going to talk about flattery. I'm going to go into flattery. Flattery is making people feel good. That's what it is. It's a con. That's what it is. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the truth. God, this really touches my heart to read this. And what they did to your wonderful people that are there in heaven with you now. God, we hope that you'll wake the believers in America. Cause them to wake up. America will not wake. Because everything's going to get worse and worse. Iniquity will abound because agape waxes cold. Fight our battles for us. I don't even know how to fight anymore I pray for the church that you strengthen the people that are listening
help them to understand what we're talking about and give me direction to go and what to do and we'll give you praise in Christ's name, amen you can get smoke screens from Jack Chick Publications out in California. I don't know where you can get I don't know where you can get all roads lead to Rome I think they have some They've had some on the internet. They've had all roads lead to Rome.